illegal participation on the defense. 15-yard penalty from the previous spot remains first down. This had better be a big play after all of that. Second down at eight, four and a half to go in the half, six nothing Beavers. Jonathan from the right hash from the zone 25, goes back to throw, and throws the out, and it's caught, and it's going to be a big play! Chad Johnson down the left sideline, nobody will catch Chad, and it's a touchdown 75 yards for the Beavers! This is the moment, and right here will tell perhaps all about that. Third and one and a half from the right hash. Simon's in the handoff, can't cut to the left, first down and more, 30, 25, 20, Simonton on his way, 10, into the end zone, touchdown Beavers, and the streak is going to end here tonight. The snap on target to Nick. he gets a much better punt away here, Sammy Strotter back to his 30 yard line, starts up the middle, gets to the 40, he's got a seam, 45 midfield, 45, 40, he's got a chance to go, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. Welcome to Illegal Participation, the official podcast of the Heiner Tailgater. Recording this while firmly ensconced at the Heiner Tailgater headquarters, I'm your host, head chef planner and chief bottle washer, Bill Heine Heinrich. Joining me, as always, from the Heinrich Tailgater Northern Command Outpost, the lead driver and director of thermodynamic liquid immersion, my co-host and brother, the Beach. Beach, how the heck are you doing? Dude, I am freaking exhausted. It's been a long-ass day. Yeah, my day got all screwed up with that late beaver game last night. I, I was going to say, and that was part of it, the fact that it went to, how late did that thing go? To like one? It was damn late. Yeah, I, I don't think I've ever seen such a late football game before. I, I, so. Yeah, it, not for the beeves. Not like that. Yeah. Well, yeah. The, the purpose of illegal participation is for us to spread our inside experiences and passion for the Oregon State Beavers with others and just generally talk beaver sports, football, tailgating, and have some fun along the way. Uh, remind, remind everyone, you can listen to us on your iPhone or Android device on the Stitcher Radio app. Also listen and subscribe to us on iTunes or your favorite uh, podcatcher. If you want to get in touch with us, HeinrichTailgaterGmail.com. Also follow me on Twitter. I'm at Heinrich Tailgater. And also check out Heinrich Tailgater on Facebook. All right, Beej, you ready to get into some Beaver Sports news? Let's get yes, let's do this. Uh let's start with some women's volleyball. We can love women's volleyball, Billy. It's my favorite sport. The Oregon State volleyball team took its first stumble of the twenty nineteen season Thursday evening. The Beavers jumped to a two sets to none lead before succumbing to Oklahoma in five sets in what was both teams' opening match of the Hoosier invite. Junior Maddie Goings led the Beavers with 15 kills, but the Oregon State volleyball team fell in three sets on Friday morning at Indiana in the second match of the Hoosier invite. Now, the Beavers, who swept its first two matches last week in the Oregon Classic, 
took the loss for the second straight day and then fallen for for two to two on the season. Sicily Max Brown recorded a career best 21 kills and led four Beavers in double figures in Oregon State's four set win on Friday evening over Yale. So that made the Beavers improve to three and two overall in a largely dominant performance against Yale, which moved to 0 and two on the loss. Now the Beavers returned to Corvallis to regroup before traveling north to play at the Red Hawk Invitational. The Beavs will meet New Mexico on Friday before taking on Gonzaga and Seattle on Saturday. Wow. So there you go. So That's exciting. They need to win. Remember, we've talked about this before. They need to win most of their out-of-conference games, then try to do a mm-hmm. 50-50 in the, in the league, and they'll make, the, they'll make the tournament. We should go to a game this year. We always talk about it. Let's try to go to a game. Okay. All right. Let's, let's plan for that in the next couple of weeks. All right. Next up, B. Do, do, do we get free tickets, or do they charge you to go into a volleyball game? I think our sports passes will get us in. Okay, let's give that a shot. Let's burn up our sports passes. I'll have to look at them. They're, they're in the truck. All right, Beach. next up okay. is women's soccer. <sighs> women's soccer. Do tell, Billy. Do tell. What's going on in women's soccer? Senior Ashley Funson recorded her first career goal to help Oregon State capture a 1-0 victory over New Mexico at Lorenz Field last Thursday night. That win gave the Beavs a 4-0 start, the best in program history since 2012. Then, Beach on Sunday afternoon, they got off to their best start since 2010 after capturing a 3-0 victory over UC Davis at Lorenz Field. Wait. Now the Beavs hit the road next week um, and will travel to Houston, Texas to face Houston on Thursday at 5 before taking on Rice on Sunday uh, at 5 o'clock also. Now, they, are these just out-of-conference games that they're playing, or is they, are they part of the conference for real soccer? These are just out-of-conference games at this point. Okay. Quite a quite a travel all the way over to Houston. Uh, a little bit, but, yeah. you know, you gotta you got to do what you got to do. And remember, the Beavs haven't, yeah. started, uh, Beavs haven't started school yet, so. Oh, that's true. I, you know, yeah, yeah, forget when we already have two football games under our belt that uh, that uh, school hasn't started yet. Yeah, I know. I, I talked to a bunch of Oklahoma State fans um, last week, and they couldn't believe that school hadn't started yet. They're like, where are all the students? Like, it didn't start for like three weeks yet. <laughs> so. do, they, do they start sooner than we do? Oh, yeah, they've already started. Wow. A lot of those schools start, a, start the end of August. Is that a West Coast thing, or what's the issue? Um, I th- yeah, a little bit. It's more of an Oregon thing. Hmm. So, all right, Beach. Up next is men's soccer. Well, you imagine how much freaking uh, we we can't start this the school any any uh, earlier. If we did, we'd we'd be broke having to pay purse. Anyway, what? <laughs> uh, well, now it's time for men's soccer. Ooh, okay. The uh, let's see. Khaled Saladin and Adrian Crespo both found the net as Oregon State men's soccer took a 2-0 win over Davidson Friday evening at Paul Lorenz Field. The Beavs are now 2-1 and will wrap up their season opening four-game homestand Monday night when Pacific visits Lorenz Field. So this will be uh, released on Tuesday, so that game will already be in the books. So is this Pacific Bulldogs out there in Forest Grove? Um, I think it's University of the Pacific down in... Uh, in uh, not Sacramento. Um, oh, what's below Sacramento? There, Beach. Stockton. Modesto? Stockton. 
Place for the cows? Sure. Isn't Stockton have all the cows? Isn't that where they like raise McDonald's beef down there? No, that's that's you're thinking farther south. Stock, oh, okay. Stockton's kind of on the edge of the bay. Oh, that's right. That's right. Hey, hey, Beach, I know your lights are off, but I think I hear the teletype going. It is. It is. Ooh. Hold on, Billy. Hold on. Billy. This just in. Two elite linebackers arrived in Eugene for Oregon Duck visit on September 7th. According to OregonLive.com, five-star linebacker Noah Sewell, younger brother to Duck offensive lineman Penai Sewell, we'll go with Penai, uh, <laughs> and number one, and number one inside line, uh, and number one inside linebacker in the country, Keith Brown, uh, to watch a to watch Oregon take on Nevada Saturday afternoon. Before the festivities, the two high schoolers got the typical duck recruit treatment. They first stopped by the they they first stopped by the twenty after four dispensary for some Eugene some of Eugene's finest. They were then outfitted from uh, hat to sneakers with Nike exclusive duck wear. They were then um, uh, they they and their agents were headed uh, were handed a wad of cash for their personal needs, which according to previous duck recruits includes access to some of the best hookers and blow in Lane County. <laughs> this has been your update from Eugene. Yeah, there you go. Did I ever there you tell, go. Did I ever tell you my, my story about when Barcroft and I were down there for a duck game our senior year in high school? No, do tell. So what we got? So we got, uh, you know, we, we played football, and on Saturday morning we go in and watch films. And we got in there in the morning, and Coach Rooker had been given a pair of extra tickets to the duck game. And I don't even remember who they are playing, but he, he asked, anyone want to go? And I was like, yeah, well, you know, I'll go. And so we took the tickets, and Barcroft and I drove down to Eugene and went to the game. And uh, we were wearing our Letterman's jackets, and we go in there. And I remember we go up to the we go up to the snack stand to, you know, get a hot dog or soda or something at halftime. Mm-hmm. Everyone thought we were recruits, and people were buying mm-hmm. us, people were buying us food. Really? Oh yeah, it was funnier than hell. It was funnier than hell. Such a blatant violation of NCAA rules. I know. (laughs) (laughs) It just cracked me up. Cracked me up. People sticking money in your sticking money in your pockets probably felt like a stripper. So. All right, beads. uh, Good update. Um, You know that Keith Brown isn't he the one from Lebanon? Uh, He might be. I didn't. uh, They just said he's the number one recruit in the nation. So and. Nice. So number one uh, uh, inside linebacker recruit, I should be specific. Let's see, but isn't he? Um, yeah, he's from Lebanon. Hmm. Yeah, see, so just right outside, well, right outside of Corvallis and Eugene, really. Mm-hmm. So. All right, Beach, um, are you ready to go under further review for week number two in the Pac-12? After further review, the runner did cross the line. Sure. You know, I didn't uh, only watch, well, I was only able to watch about, uh, well, I watched like what, three quarters of the, of the Oregon state game. Cause I had to work. Yeah. And, uh, other than that, oh, and I, and I'm pretty sure the ducks won cause I saw an update there, but uh, other than that, I don't know what the hell went on this weekend. What do we, what, um, 
Where, where do we start, Billy? Well, Beach, heading into the weekend with our picks, uh, you were leading at 10 out of 12 from the first week. I was in second mm-hmm. place with 8 out of 12. And Kyle, I hate you, Kyle. Kyle was 7 out of 12. All right, Beach. So first up, we had one game on Friday, September 6th. We had Sacramento State at Arizona State. Remember who you took? Oh, I think I took Arizona State. Yep, all three of us did. Arizona State running back Eno Benjamin caught a 72-yard touchdown pass in the fourth quarter. Christian Zendejas kicked four field goals, and Arizona State labored to a 19-7 win over Sac State on Friday night. Now, Arizona State's offense sputtered, plagued by off-target passes, drops, and an ineffective running game against a team ranked 115th in total defense last season (laughs) in FCS. Not FBS, which, you know, the upper division, FCS. Now, Arizona Mm -hmm. State struggled before finally getting a spark earlier in the second quarter when Brandon Ayuk returned a punt 38 yards to Sac State's nine. A touchdown seemed imminent when A.J. Carter caught a pass from Daniels, but he fumbled just before crossing into the end zone and the Hornets recovered. And really, it was just a bunch of miscues for Arizona State. And it wasn't until late in that game where they really put that game out of reach. It just looked sloppy. Yeah, it was just ugly. Just no, ugly. No, no. Forgive me. Who who played Hawaii last week? Um, Is that Arizona? Arizona, State? yeah. Arizona. Okay. Yep, it was Arizona. Okay. All right. So, okay, so we each got a point on that we each one. each got the point there. Up next, Beach, Northern Illinois at Utah. Oh, I'm pretty sure we took Utah across the board for all of us on that one, too. Yes, we did. Now, Beach, four years ago, three talented players from Hallandale High School in the Miami area became enchanted with the mountains of Utah. Now that group, who has been dubbed the Hallandale Trio, has the Utes poised to reach new heights. Tyler Huntley, Zach Mice, uh, excuse me, Zach Moss, and Damari Simpkins each had rushing touchdowns for the number 13 Utahs in a 35-17 win over Northern Illinois on Saturday. Now Moss, who rushed for 80 yards and scored twice, had a chance to go to the NFL draft but wanted to come back and see what he and his teammates, especially his childhood friends, could do this season. Moss has been the focal point of the Utes' offense, but it was quarterback Huntley who was the engine that powered the Utes over the Huskies, coupled with a defense that held Northern Illinois attack to 69 yards in the second half. An effective pass rush, an interception, and a fourth down stop shackled the Huskies. So really, you know, it was 35 to uh, to uh, 17, but it was really more workmanlike for, for Utah in that game. Mm-hmm. So... We all got the win there. Up next, Beach, Nebraska at Colorado. Ooh. Um, go. I think I took uh, Colorado on this one. You did. You and Kyle both took Colorado. I, however, took Nebraska. Now, Beach, in a scintillating comeback, the Buffaloes overcame a seventeen. 17- scintillating. Didn't you use that? Didn't you use that word last week too? Yes, I did. Scintillating. The okay. Buffaloes- Still need to look at. The Buffaloes overcame a 17-0 halftime deficit after managing a paltry 84 yards of offense in the first half with zero rushing yards. James Stefano's 34-yard field goal gave Colorado its first lead in overtime, and the Buffaloes beat 25th-ranked Nebraska 34-31 on Saturday when punter Isaac Armstrong's 49-yard try sailed wide right. The students stormed the field celebrating the Buffaloes' second straight win over their old Big 12 rival, Rival, Colorado rallied to win in the closing minutes last year in Lincoln. 
Wow. So you guys both got the win on that one. Yeah, you know, Nebraska was just absolutely dominant in the first half. Came out the second half, looked like garbage. Mm. Just looked like garbage. Didn't, you were able to watch that game? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah that uh, exciting went in overtime. Uh, second, did you say one overtime or two overtime? Just, that one? just, just one. Oh, okay. Just okay. one. So, all right, Beach, wow. up next, San Diego State at UCLA. Ooh. Um, did I take San Diego State on this one? We actually took San Diego State across the board. Because we hate Chip Kelly because he's a freaking bitch titten son of a bitch. Yeah. San Diego State quarterback Ryan Agnew passed for a career high 293 yards and a touchdown. Matt Areza kicked three field goals, and San Diego State defeated UCLA 23-14 on Saturday, marking the Aztecs' first ever win over the Bruins. It is also San Diego State's fifth victory over a Pac-12 team since 2016. But at the time, it was 0-21-1 against UCLA coming into that game. Now, the difference in the game was time of possession and turnovers. The Aztecs controlled the ball for 38 minutes and 16 seconds, and scored 10 points off a pair of UCLA turnovers. Now, UCLA quarterback Thompson Robinson completed 24 of 35 passes for 191 yards and a TD. And Joshua Kelly, who missed last week's opener at Cincinnati due to a knee injury, had 57 yards on 14 carries and a touchdown. Tell you what, UCLA's offense just looks anemic. Really? Yeah, yeah. The more, well, two turnovers. It, it, yeah. Yeah, and it, it just it's just bad turnovers, too. Just yeah, and this is coming from Chip Kelly, the the offensive uh, guru, mastermind. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, yeah, kind of. You know, it just kind of makes you feel good, doesn't it? Oh, it makes me feel great. You know, the man should have never been allowed to to coach college football again, but uh, evidently he's not coaching. So that's pretty cool. Pretty much. <laughs> All right, Beach. Up next, uh, Northern Colorado at Washington State. Ooh, Cougs. We took the Cougs across the board. In two games as a starter, Washington State quarterback Anthony Gordon is averaging better than 50 points and 40 pa- 400 passing yards. Wow. Now, Max That's Borg- impressive as hell. Max Borgie scored three touchdowns, and Aesop Winston Jr. caught two scoring passes for Washington State. Brandon Arconado caught eight passes for 127 yards and a touchdown. Now, Washington State Beach had 649 yards of total offense to 355 for Northern Colorado. Wow. How much of that was uh, passing yards? Do you know? Oh, it was all mostly passing yards. What? Uh, now, where did their quarterback come from? Um, I can't remember. He's another uh, fifth-year transfer. Let me look it up here. You do this to me every time. Anthony Gordon, Washington State. Um, yeah, I'm asking the questions our listeners want to ask. I mean, that's that's what I am. I'm 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 the voice of the listener. So it says uh, he lost last year. He lost out on the on the quarterback battle to Gardner Minshew. Uh, maybe he was just a senior. No, actually, he's been a he's been there the whole time. Okay, but so, yeah. they brought in the one guy last year, correct? Yeah, yeah they brought in a Gardner Minshew last year. Because they just didn't think this guy had the was was up and ready yet. Yeah. So, but he's mm. been looking great. And, and he's a senior this year. 
Um, I now I'm not sure. I think yeah, I don't know. Let me see. It says he waited for his moment for five years. He's a redshirt junior last year. Yeah, he was in a three-way battle. Yeah, so he's a senior this year. He's a fifth-year senior. So there you go. Okay. Hmm. All right, so y'all got the win there. Up next, Beach, Nevada at Oregon. Oh. Did we all take Oregon? Damn it, I forgot this one. Did we all take Oregon? We all took Oregon, Beach. Oregon quarterback Justin Herbert threw for 310 yards and five touchdowns before heading to the sideline in the third quarter, and the Ducks rebounded from their season-opening loss to Auburn with a 77-6 route Saturday night. Now, the Ducks have won 15 straight home openers and 24 straight over non-conference foes at Odson Stadium. Now, Oregon tied a school record with seven touchdown passes caught by seven different receivers. The Ducks also tied their record for points at Odson. Now, tight end Jacob Brayland caught four passes for career high, 112 yards and a score, and a total of 11 different Ducks scored touchdowns. Um, did they uh, they bring in their second and third string towards the end? Yeah, after the third quarter, into the third quarter. Okay. And it was actually pretty close for a while. It was, you know, I think it was seven to six, and then the Ducks just poured it on. So. Okay, Beach. Highest, highest score ever in Otson is 77. Yeah, that's the most the Bees have ever scored at uh, Reeser, too. Hmm. All right, Beach, up next, California at Washington. Ooh, I'm pretty sure did, we all took the Huskies on this one, didn't we? Uh, yes, we did. Now, Beach, Cal kicker Greg Thomas kicked a 17-yard field goal with eight seconds left, and Cal beat number 14 Washington – 20 to 19 and a game delayed more than two and a half hours due, due to lightning. You know, because a, a friend of mine posted on Facebook, it said, uh, please, please, uh, uh, leave the stadium, go to the tunnels or find your way to your car or something like that. Yeah. There wasn't so, a lot of people in that stadium when the game resumed beach, a severe thunder lightning storm delayed the game early in the first quarter and left only a smattering of fans waiting out the lengthy delay when the game resumed at 10.30 p.m. and finally oh, ended at 1.22 a.m. Wow. Now, California quarterback Chase Garbers wasn't asked to do much with his arm, but came up with two big completions on the final drive, hitting Jordan, Jordan Duncan for 19 yards and Kakoa Crawford for 27 yards to get inside the Washington 5. The Bears are aided by a pass interference call, after forcing Washington to call three timeouts. Now Thomas connected on a field goal that was ended up being shorter than an extra point. Mm. So there you go. So none of us got the point there. That's uh, surprising. How is now what what was what were the Huskies ranked? They were ranked fourteenth, I believe. And what about Cal? They weren't. Wow. Yeah, but remember, Cal beat uh, Washington last year, kind of in similar fashion, where Cal did not score a offensive touchdown, but still won the game. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, that's yeah. Okay, I would thought Cal could have done it back. Uh, Cal could have done it at uh, at Husky Stadium. Yep. Anyway, okay. All right, Beach. Up next. We got uh, looks like three games to go here. Next up was Stanford at USC. Ooh, now I changed mine on this one, didn't I? Yes, you changed. You were USC, but you changed to Stanford. 
Yeah, I, because I, because I well because last week we thought um, original thing was that uh, um, JT Daniels from USC was not going to be out, and then yeah, literally and then right after we got done, we're literally right after we got done recording, um, it came out that he'd torn his ACL and was done for the season. So, so we all picked uh, Stanford on this one. Correct. Now, USC true freshman quarterback Kaden Slovis passed for 377 yards and three TDs in a commanding performance, and USC rolled to a 45-20 victory over the number 23 Cardinal on Saturday night. Now, Slovis went 28 of 33 and set the school record for yards passing in a freshman start as the Trojans rallied from an early 14-point deficit to beat the Cardinal for the third time in the California private school's last four meetings. Now, Slovis, whose high school position coach was NFL quarterback Kurt Warner, won his duel with fellow first-time starter Davis Mills, who went 22 of 36 for 237 yards for Stanford. Now, the USC student section chanted Slovis's name during the victory, and his teammates praised it afterwards. Hmm. So nobody got the point there. But Disappointing. I, but I believe that... Um, KJ Costello for Stanford will be back this week. Just okay. FYI. KB's two games left. Next up, Northern Arizona at Arizona. Uh, and we picked Arizona. All of us did. Gary Brightwell ran for 144, uh, excuse me, 141 yards and a touchdown on five carries. That's a lot of yards per carry, Beach. We'll repeat that one more time. He ran for 141 yards and a touchdown on five carries. Wow. Okay. Sorry, and, I had to do the math in my head. Khalil Tate accounted for three scores, and Arizona bounced back from a disappointing opening loss by routing Northern Arizona 65-41 to on Saturday night. Now, the Wildcats took it out on the Lumberjacks early, scoring in touchdowns on their first five drives and racking up 517 yards while setting a school record for points and a half for a 51-13 to halftime lead. The second half, although Beach was a different story. Arizona's offense stalled, the defense gave up some big plays, and the penalties piled up. Not what they want with a prolific Texas Tech team coming to the desert next week. Mm. So we all got the so win what, there. So what was the final score? Um, the final score was... 65-41. to Okay. Okay, Beach, last game of the week. Oregon State at Hawaii. And we all picked the Beavs and uh, yeah. Yep. Hawaii wide receiver Jojo Ward had four touchdown receptions. Kicker Ryan Mescal kicked a 28-yard late field goal. And Hawaii escaped with a 31-28 win over Oregon State on Saturday night. Now, Mescal missed his first three field goal attempts from 48, 27, and 48 yards all of them wide left before hitting the winner. Now, Oregon State had a chance to tie with 125 left, but Jordan Shuker's 52-yard field goal missed wide left. The Bees eventually got the ball back with four seconds left, but could only get to the Hawaii 45. Now, Oregon State running back Jamar Jefferson carried 31 times for 183 yards in TD, and Artavis Pierce added 79 yards and two scores on seven rushes for Oregon State. Wide receiver Isaiah Hodgins added seven receptions for 96 yards and a touchdown. And Beach... That game was just a pile of crap. Yeah. I thought the first half looked pretty good. 
Yeah, I, you know, and, and I will say I enjoyed the final play. So yeah, my 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 problem <laughs> with that that final series. So they got the ball left. They got the ball back with a little over two minutes left. They got on the other side of the fifty. I mean, they were down to what the thirty something. With mm-hmm, I think so. with you know, over a minute and a half to go, and they had three timeouts. I do not know why they were throwing it for the end zone. Pick up some yards. You know, get get yourself down the field a little bit more. Give yourself self a fighting chance. But I mean, they they had three incompletions and had to kick a fifty-two yard field goal. Beach, do you know how many fifty-two yards or more field goals have been made in the history of Oregon State? How many? Eleven. All probably by Cerna. Three of those are by Cerna. <laughs> you had three by Cerna. I think you had one by Kurt Yelanimi, another by Jose Cortez, and then all the rest were pre-1998. So not a hell of a lot. Yeah. And I just, you know, get, pick up a few more yards. And actually, he kind of had the distance with the kick. It just sailed wide left. Yeah. And it just, I, I don't know. I just didn't like the play calling. I didn't like the play calling in the second half. I thought they got a little predictable. Mm-hmm. I, I thought, I thought uh, Luton just looked like crap in the second half. In the first half, he looked pretty good. He was on, he was hitting yeah, receivers. I, 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 second yeah, half, I felt on the first half we were doing pretty well. Second, uh, yeah, the second half, he couldn't fall out of the boat and hit the water. You know, it, I don't know what the hell was going on. And I thought yeah. the defense played a better game in the second half. They got some stops. They created a couple turnovers in the game. I just, the mm-hmm. Beavs did, they should have won that game. They pissed it away. I didn't like the, the play calling down the stretch. I didn't like the fake punt call on fourth down deep in their own territory, which allowed Hawaii to kick the game, ended up being the game winning field goal. It yeah, was, that, that make was, a, make that them was go. Weird. That was weird to me. Yeah, make them make them throw the ball. Make them earn it. And I just didn't I don't know. I mean, I like I like the aggressive play calling. I just didn't think it was good there. Right now you've got to win some games. And you've mm-hmm. got to get this team accustomed to winning. Mm-hmm. Because winning breeds winning. And you know, we all know those times where there's those those there's those teams out there that they might be down and it look and but they never look out of it. You know? Yeah. They're gonna get the ball back with a minute seven to go, and you're like, oh shit, here they go, they're gonna win this son of a bitch. And the Beavs need to win a couple so they start getting that kind of feeling. Yeah. And I like I said, I just I I thought th- I thought this game was pissed away similar to how the Reno game was pissed away last year. They had totally. them, they had them dead to frickin' rights. Anyways, mm-hmm. anything to add about that game, Beach? Yeah, well, uh, in terms of a um, just the game itself being on Facebook, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it was odd. But well, I don't know, who, I don't know who the uh, company is. It was called Spectrum Sports or something. Yeah, that actually did the broadcast. And uh, other than the guys were major homers as far as their narration well, goes. Well, and it's because that was a Hawaii broadcast. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. but. I, I didn't know what to expect. I thought it went off pretty well, and yeah. it wasn't tough. And Lincoln, and honestly, I w- I had to work, which I mentioned before, 
And we just went over to Red Robin after work and I had my iPad with me and flipped it on and I was able to watch it right there. It was kind of convenient. Yeah. No, and so, I, you know, I thought the broadcast, not, not the announcing, but the broadcast itself was really good. There wasn't any, yeah. any breakups or anything like that. So between Spectrum and Facebook, I thought they did a good job. I know a lot of people said they thought that it felt um, kind of Bush League having it on Facebook, but the problem is it's not a Oregon State broadcast. It's not a Pac-12 broadcast. It was at Hawaii's well, field. They own the rights. So the, I don't, the, I don't the media agreements. I don't, what was that? Yeah, well, I, don't, I don't have the Pac-12 network. I don't even have cable in my house. You know, yeah. all I have is Wi-Fi. And I honestly, having a Facebook broadcast was probably the easiest thing for me to watch it. Yeah. It just, you know? it does, it did seem a little, a little, uh, a little Bush league, a little, you know. Yeah. But there's nothing, but, the, the, there's nothing the bees can do because they don't own that broadcast. The Pac-12 doesn't own that broadcast. Hawaii and the Mountain West do. So I'm just glad it was on TV, period. Yeah, I mean, like I said, uh, normally I, if, if I'm not at the game, I usually have to go to a bar to go watch a game. And this one here, I could actually watch it from my tablet. So it's pretty yeah. easy. Other than I'm like in the bar and all the other games are on the TV or they're, they're recapping and I'm sitting there watching my my tablet on my my desk, but even a couple of duck fans came. Hey, what's the score? What's the score? Yeah, well, yeah. So, all right, beats. Well, let's talk yeah. about the little Pac-12 in the polls. Um, after these last week games in the AP poll, Utah is at number eleven, Oregon at fifteen, Washington State at twenty, Washington at twenty-three, USC at twenty-four, and Cal, Colorado, and Arizona State are in the others receiving votes category. Now, in the USA Today poll. Utah's at 12, Oregon 17, Washington State 20, Washington 21, USC 24, and Cal, Colorado, Stanford, and Arizona State are in the others receiving votes category, which is kind of funny because I, I think had that Washington game not gotten over at 1.30 in the morning, they probably wouldn't be ranked right now. I was wondering about that. Yeah. So, and good, and a good, uh, a good thought that Cal would be ranked. So. Mm-hmm. All right, Beach. It is now time for the Tommy Tuberville. What's he think I look like? A jackass? You sure do. <laughs> jackass of the Week Award. Every week we like to discuss a person in college football who exemplifies the truly worst in sportsmanship, leadership, or just being a fan. And Beach, you know, we've been doing this Jackass of the Week Award. This is our, I think, eighth year of our eighth season of doing the podcast. That's crazy. And the Jackass of the Week Award kind of organically grew out of those that first season because there would be something that popped mm-hmm. off and it pissed me off. And one time I just mm-hmm. called the guy a jackass and it just became a thing. And we kind of got yep. the sound bites for the... And then, the, and then Tommy Tuberville earned it, what, three times? Tommy Tuberville, uh, ex-college football coach, was the first three-time recipient, so he became the namesake of the of the award well beach this time this i wonder week, if he even knows that he's named that that he has an award named after that there, there's such an honor in his uh, name right there well beach yeah yeah i just wanted to say that this is the first time in the history of the jackass of week award that the award's going to a beaver wow so beach uh did Ooh, you is this because of the, the punch yes beach yes now, I didn't act- see the video of that though. I heard they mentioned it. So actually, there was there was several punches thrown. There was one at the very end of the game, 
which which kills me because the very last play of the game, I don't know if you saw it, but the Beavs were trying to kind of throw it back and and that's what I said. I like I like the last play of the game. I yeah. thought they they the first about three or four passes, I felt they were really doing a nice job. Yeah, and they they were trying to kind of get that home run ball, and then Artavis mm-hmm. Pierce got knocked out of bounds and pretty much tackled late. And they threw a flag, and I don't know if the flag was thrown there or right after that, Oregon State play because that happened on the Hawaii sideline. As Oregon State players were walking away, um, offensive lineman Gus Lavaca was walking away, and, and you can go watch this. Um, a guy ran right up and just shoved him in the back. I mean, it was five seconds after the play was over, and Lavaca turned mm-hmm. around and just punched him like twice. Anyways, there was flags thrown, and I think the flag was actually thrown – on the late hit on Artavis Pierce out of bounds. But then the referees mm-hmm. just picked it up and, and said, nope, no foul, game over. I saw which is, that. I saw which that. is funny because if there's a foul, there should have been one more play, one more untimed play. And that it, he got up to the 45. You add another 15 yards on it. That puts the ball on the 30. You have a chance for a 47-yard oh. field goal. You have a chance for a pass play. There's a lot of stuff mm-hmm. that could have gone on there. But well, we're only down by what, three? Yes. But anyway, so this this Tommy Tuberville Jackets of the Week Award isn't for the Gus Lavaca punch because I, I think what happened to him was bullshit. He shouldn't have turned around and hit the guy, but I can understand why. Right? Okay. So who does it go to? This goes to actually OSU defensive back Caleb Hayes. Now, uh, during what I believe was the third quarter, maybe fourth quarter of the game, I think fourth quarter of the game, um, Caleb Hayes was actually involved in a play where he was called for a personal foul on sportsmanlike conduct. Mm-hmm. Now, he, there was a scuffle between him and another player. He threw a punch at that other player, at least it looked like to me, between him and the Hawaii player. Well, then a couple of his teammates came in and started pulling him back going, you need to calm down, you know, get away. We're, we're still in this game. You're, you're kind of pissing it away. He was getting super, super emotional. Anyways, a couple teammates kind of took him over to the sideline, and then um, linebacker Avery Roberts and assistant coach grabbed him and were moving him onto the sideline. At that point, Robert or uh, Hayes threw a punch on the sideline and hit his own play and hit his own teammate, and it was caught by the TV cameras. What an idiot! Yeah, and not only does that look bad, Beach, that it just is bad. Now, mm-hmm. I, I'm all for having passion when you're playing a game. You got to have passion, right? It's an, it's an, football's an emotional game. It's an emotional game, and but you also have to be able to check some of those emotions. You have to mm-hmm. be able to walk away. You can't lose it like that. That's that's a problem, and that's going to get you into trouble. And that gave him a first down right there when he got the, the intentional or the unsportsmanlike conduct. And then he made mm-hmm. it worse by hitting his own teammate on the sideline. And then you just make it look like what the hell's wrong with this team. Yeah, exactly. You know, and there's a certain point where the the team has to be able to kind of close ranks and just keep everything in house, not worry about the media, not worry about the fans. but keep, And by doing that, he just blew that out of the water. Mm-hmm. And it just, it just, it really, it, 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 I, I just hated seeing that kind of shit happen on the sideline. So, Beej, uh, Caleb Hayes, you get this week's Tommy Tuberville. 
Jackass of the Week Award. Just sad to see, Beej. I was hoping we'd never have to give one out to uh, Abiv, but you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. Yep. Well, at least Benny the Beaver didn't go jumping out onto the uh, <laughs> down uh, on the field yeah. and, <laughs> and tackle the ball runner or anything. Exactly. All right, Beach, it is now time for our musical interlude of the week. What song from 1985 are you going to grace us with? Okay, so I had, you know, so this one actually takes me back to to my youth. It's it's so you can appreciate this, and I don't know if anybody that listens to our podcast knows me from when I was a little kid. But anyway, uh, my best friend in fifth and sixth grade was a guy named Jason Berg. Do you remember Jason, Billy? Oh, yeah, I remember Jason. Okay, so remember his, his uh, older sister, Shuggy. I always remember her being cute as hell. But anyway, um, Jason, I always thought Jason was so cool because, it, I mean, he we were, I would, like I said, it would have been like sixth grade, I think, from 1985. And I just remember that his parents let him fly to go see a Tears for Fears concert. And I just thought that was an amazing thing that, you know, he was, you know, I don't even know how he got to fly by himself. But anyway, and he, he, had a he, he, he flew by himself. I think so. I don't know how it all. All I know is he went and saw a Tears for Fears concert. He had a jean jacket that had Tears for Fears written on the back of it. I always thought he was so cool because, you know, he had this, you know, it, it was just it was cool. Damn it. You know, is what nine. Ten, how old have been nine years old? And, and um, so. I was thinking about him when I was trying to think of a song and, um, in 1985. And so I remember tears for fears and their famous song and actually probably one, they only known for like two songs. I think they're kind of a two hit wonder. No. Cause I, what? No. You think they're bigger than that? Yeah. Okay. Well, I well, only what, know what, them. What, what were you, what were you going to say? Were there two songs? Uh, 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 shout and uh, what is the one rule of the world? Everybody wants to rule the world. What yeah. about what about sowing the seeds of love? I've never heard it. Sowing the seeds of love, seeds of love, sowing the seeds. You never heard that one? Nope. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> anyway, so I don't think you you could be alive in 1985 and listen to the radio without hearing shout or MTV for that matter. Um, it was number one on the billboard, uh, hot 100, uh, hit number one on the, the billboard hot 100 on August 3rd, 1985. And it remained there for three weeks. So, uh, without further ado, here is shout by tears for fears.
Uh, that's a great song, Beach. So uh, it's funny because I hated that song in the summer of nineteen. 19- me, me too. Nineteen eighty-five. <laughs> I, I would totally agree with you. I was I was not a fan. Yeah. But uh, but we, but it really did to me define nineteen. You know, the, the song is actually about protesting. Did you know that? Yeah. 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 It's it, it's you, get, you know when, when you think about it, you, you know none of these kids these days know, but you know the mid nineteen eighties was really the height of the Cold War. You know the the arms race and all that, and there was a hell of a lot of fear uh, out there mm-hmm. with uh, with nuclear war. And here we're probably uh, closer to it now than we've ever been, and and nobody seems to really even be paying attention. So because at least back in those days, all we had was mutually assured destruction. Now we just got crazy bastards that uh, don't mm-hmm. think about that. True. True. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, yeah, this me. I remember going to Disneyland the summer of 1985. I remember the Goonies coming out. Mm-hmm. I remember Back to the Future coming out. Mm-hmm. And I remember going to Disneyland that summer. And mm-hmm. I remember um, Tears for Fears and Depeche Mode songs from that summer. I can see that. I remember a lot of David Lee Roth and a lot of Van Halen and mostly David Lee Roth. Cause I think that's when his single album came, came out. That's correct. Yeah. And so, I mean, not only did he have the song we played before with California girls, but he also had just a gigolo. Um, is there a couple other songs on there that were pretty popular? No, there's only two. You had tobacco road, California okay. girls, just a gigolo. And something else, but I can't remember. Which was funny because the album was called Crazy from the Heat, but the that song, song Crazy from the Heat was on his first came... full-length album. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, and Anyways. I think Michael Jackson was still pretty solid through the whole 1985, wasn't he? Oh yeah, oh yeah, he was still living. Well, off was that was it? Was it 1985 that that he did those Pepsi commercials and caught his hair on fire? No, jeez, Beach, you're always asking me this. Okay. You know what's uh, what's funny? Uh, Alfonso Ribeiro, uh, Carlton. Uh-huh. He uh, was in that Pepsi commercial. He was, yeah, he was in one of the two Pepsi commercials. He was also in a uh, commercial for the Mormon Church. Do you remember back in those days, the Mormon Church had all those commercials? No. Yeah. The, hmm. the Church of Latter-day, uh, the Church of Latter-day uh, Saints, the Mormons. And they, they had these like kids that they would do something. I think he broke a window and he went over to the neighbor and told him that he broke his window and his neighbor's like, okay, you know, I'm glad you told me. And you know, that was the, the, the... you don't remember those commercials? No. No. Look them up. So January 27th, 1984 is when Michael Jackson's hair caught on fire. Okay. So we're filming. Little... So it says here that he decided not to sue Pepsi was awarded a $1.5 million settlement and he donated that to a California medical center who used it to fund a Burns clinic named after him. Oh, wow. Yeah, there you go. Look what you know. Well, I, I was reading an article about uh, today. I got sidetracked into a little thing but uh, about uh, Neverland. And then they were going through Michael Jackson stuff. And they said, you know, his his uh, hair, you know, he, the, the burns on his head, mm-hmm. uh, he, he never really recovered. I mean, he was pretty much bald because of it. Oh, really? So after. At that point, they said he pretty much always wore a hairpiece, and he—they said, according to the uh, autopsy, 
even had his hair tattooed on his head. Yeah, oh, that would make so sense. Yeah. Tat- yeah, tattooed some color on his head to That's make brutal. it look like he yeah. wasn't bald. That's brutal. Yeah, didn't realize it was that bad. Okay. Well, let's go to our week three preview for the Pac-12 games, Beach. Um, I forgot to give these totals after last week. After last week, you are still in the lead with 17 out of 22, and Kyle and I are at 14 out of 22. I fell back to a tie with Kyle. All right, Beach. Or, or, or Kyle caught up with you. I don't know how you'd like to look at that. Uh, it depends how you want to look at it. All right, Beach. Uh, we have, looks like, 10 games on tap for this week. Okay. Who's got the buys? Uh, looks like Washington. No, Washington plays. Looks like Cal's got the week off. And not Arizona. Utah? No. Colorado? No. UCLA? USC? Looks like USC and... Oh, I just had it. USC and, Cal? USC and Cal. Yep. Okay. okay. So first up, Beach, uh, we have one game on Friday night. Washington, number 20, Washington State at Houston. This is the same Houston the Beavers girls uh, uh, soccer team is playing? Yes. Wow. Look at that. Um, I'm going to go with Washington State. I, I You know... That aerial attack's been pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. So we'll go with, right. we'll go with Washington State. All right, Beach. I'm going to take the Cougars. And Kyle says, well, week two was pretty miserable. And he moves on to Wazoo at Houston. Smart marketing would have scheduled this as mom's weekend. Cougars everywhere. Wazoo wins. Ah. <laughs> uh, See, you, you know, Kyle under- has... You understand it's the Washington State Cougars and the Houston Cougars? Oh, okay, okay, okay. Gotcha. That's why I said I, I was going to take the Cougars. Yeah, okay, gotcha. I'm sorry. Actually, I'm going to take Washington State. So You, you don't have to draw me a picture, but sometimes it helps. <laughs> All right, Beach. All the rest of the games are on Saturday, September 14th. First up, Air Force at Colorado. Air Force at Colorado. I'm going to take, uh, I'm going to take the Buffaloes on this one. In Colorado. Kyle says, my buddy Travis, who is currently back at OSU getting his PhD, will be an instructor next year at the Air Force Cup. This year, the Buffs win. Huh? I, too, am going to take Colorado. Um, Air Force, if, if it was Army, I might take Army, but uh, they're playing Air Force. So. Although Air Force always runs is, some, is- Air Force runs some weird offense. So. Okay. You know, I don't pay enough attention. The only other time I see those schools play is usually during the bowl games. Yeah, yeah. All right, uh, up next, Beach, Stanford at University of Central Florida. Um, I'm going to be a homer, and I'm going to take Stanford. You're just taking Stanford. Kyle says, uh, will this game be close to Disney World? UCF wins. Oh, I think I might have missed a game. So he's taking UCF. I, too, am taking UCF. Really? Yep. Yep, yep, yep. So, hold on here. I got I think I might have missed a game. 
three. Damn it. Pack 12. I did. USC at BYU. USC at BYU. You know, I'm going to take USC. Kyle says, maybe USC has something this year. USC. I'm going to take BYU. It's at BYU. And I just don't think uh, USC. BYU's. Problem with playing BYU, you're playing a lot of like 23, 24-year-old guys. And USC's got a lot of talent, but they're all real young. So Mm. I'm going to take the older guys and BYU. All right, up next, Beach. That's all, all because a lot of those guys go on their mission first before they go back to school? Yeah, yeah. All right, Beach, up next, Arizona State at Michigan State. Hmm. I don't – I'm going to take Arizona State. Kyle says – Spartans win. I, too, am taking Michigan State. All right. Next up, Idaho State at Utah. Utah. No question. Kyle says, Pocatello is a funny name. Utah. I, too, am taking Utah. Pocatello. That is funny. All right, uh, next up. Man, I missed a bunch of games. I you missed two suck. Games. I did. Well, I was trying to do it here in a rush, so actually nobody's got the week off. Next up is North Texas at Cal. North Texas at Cal. And I'm pretty sure the Bears. The Bears. The Bears. Kyle says, the North Texas Mean Green is the College of Mean Joe Green. Cal wins. I, too, am taking Cal. Okay, next up, Hawaii at Washington. Hawaii should be coming into the Pac-12. I know. I know, three Pac-12 games. Well, nobody else wants to fly over there. They figure at least if they hit the West Coast, they got (laughs) people can get some sleep. Okay. Well... I don't think Hawaii is all that good, so I'm gonna go for I'm gonna go for the dogs. Taking U Dub, I too am taking U Dub. Kyle says, "Can Hawaii do it again? Will Washington lose again? It sure would be an interesting story." My bet is with Washington. Mine too. You know, if 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 they win again, they're gonna say they should be playing for the uh, Pac-12 title. <laughs> they very well should be. Yeah, I know. Okay. Maybe we should, maybe we should become the Pac-13. Yep. Next up, number five, Oklahoma at UCLA. <laughs> you gonna take? I ain't taking Oklahoma. That's for damn sure. Kyle says Oklahoma because Chip Kelly. And I think I'm in the wasn't same. That just, wasn't that is wasn't that his thing last week too? Yeah, I'm I'm, t- I'm taking Oklahoma too. I think it's going to be a waffle stomping. Just a I, waffle I, stomping. Do you think Chip Kelly will survive this year? I, I don't mean, do know, Beach. I really don't know. People aren't uh, going to be happy. 
No, no, he, you know, he's, he, and you've got a lot of deep pockets down there. That'll just say, screw it. We'll buy him. Yeah. They'll buy out his contract and move on. It was a stupid decision, but yeah. Okay. Two more games left up next, Texas tech at, or we got three games left, Texas tech at Arizona. Hmm. Hmm. I'm going to take Texas Tech. Kyle says, guns up, Texas Tech. I, too, am taking Texas Tech. Arizona's fast, but they're undisciplined as hell. That's that's kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah. Okay. And I was thinking, well, maybe Arizona will have a better chance in the hot. And I'm thinking, no, Texas is used to playing in the hot, too. So. Yeah. Okay, Beach, up next, Montana at Oregon. Montucky cold snack. I'm going to have to uh, – the Ducks are going to probably win that game. Yep, I, too, am taking the Ducks. Kyle says, Hannah, Montana, Oregon wins. And last up, Beach. Oregon State is hosting Cal Poly. What's on our what's what's the menu for next week? Well, we'll deal with that in a second. Okay. Might be the only thing we have to look forward to. Um, let's go Beavs. Okay. Kyle says polyandry, polyamory, polydent. Beavs win because I need some sunshine in my life. And I, too, am taking Oregon State. All right, Beach. So we got those down, and uh, I'll shut that down. Uh, before we talk about the tailgate, you want to know a little bit about Cal Poly? Yes. We've never talked about Cal Poly before. So, Beach, the California Polytechnic State University, also known as California Polytechnic State University San Luis Obispo, is one of two polytechnic schools in California. The other one being, the other. the other one's in Pomona. And it used to be kind of like UCLA and Cal. Pomona used to be a satellite branch of the school um, in San Luis Obispo, the original one, but they split them off, and so they're each their own thing now. Gotcha. Now, Cal Poly San Luis Obispo was established as the California Polytechnic School in 1901 when Governor Henry T. Gage signed the California Polytechnic School Bill after a campaign by journalist Myron Angel. Now, the Polytechnic School held its first classes on October 1st, 1903, to 20 students. And it's gone through some name changes and stuff like that over the years, but uh, and it's expanded its offerings, but it's um, always been there in San Luis Obispo. And actually, it's one of the largest um, campuses in the nation. Really? How big? Yeah, um, I want to say it was like... 9,300 acres? Largest college How camp. big is Stanford again? Haven't we talked um, about I'm going to look Stanford? at this. So here we go. Ten largest college campuses. Um, so Barry College in Rome, Georgia has 27,000 plus acres because they have a bunch of woodlands and stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Air Force Academy Mm -hmm. is 18,500 about. The 
Military Academy at West Point is 16,000. The University of the South in Tennessee, Sawney, Tennessee, is 13,000. Penn State, uh, see, it doesn't have it in here. Stanford is 8,100 acres. Uh, let me look up here. Because I want to say it said, that this might just be doing, um, what was it? Cal Poly Campus Size. I want to say one of my research was 9,300 acres. Oh, it's only 6,000. Oh, okay. 6,000 acres. Size, still, still damn good size. Because they do a lot of um, uh, uh, agricultural type stuff too. Cool. So same with same Do they with the, do like? What was that? Well, I was going to say, do they do a lot of GMO and that kind of stuff like Oregon State? Um, I'm not sure about GMO stuff, but I know like the Pomona campus, part of it when it was uh, founded – um, a guy donated a huge chunk of his ranch and other farming stuff to form the Pomona mm. campus. So, anyways, just interesting, interesting stuff. I thought that was like, yeah. oh, six thousand acres is pretty big. All right, um, so maybe it is in there. You there? Yeah, I'm here. All right, Beach. Um. Are you ready to learn here a little bit of football history or a little yeah. about the football team? So, Beach, the official colors of Cal Poly San Luis Obispo are green and gold. Now, do you know the nickname of Cal Poly? I have no idea what their nickname is. They are the Mustangs. Okay. And guess what the uh, nickname of Cal Poly Pomona is? Probably something else like a horse. The Broncos, very good. Kind of like Cal being the Bears and UCLA being the Bruins. Mm-hmm. Same mm-hmm. same kind of thing back in the day. So Cal Poly actually has two mascots. Their costume character, or the cartoon kind of looking character, is named Musty the Mustang. Okay. Kind of, kind of a dumb name. Musty, really? M-U-S-T-Y? But they also have a live mascot, a living Mustang named Chase, who's named after Margaret Chase, the university's second president. Hmm. Now, Beach, Cal Poly's football team competes in the Big Sky Conference while the wrestling team is a member of the Pac-12 Conference. Wow. Yeah, interesting, huh? Well, probably because there's a team in the Pac-12 that doesn't have Well, there's the, there's a bunch of other schools because like Cal State Bakersfield's in the Pac-12 too. Yeah, but there's one team that that doesn't have wrestling in the Pac-12. Yeah. Now, here's some uh, information I found out. On October 29th, 1960, a mm-hmm. chartered plane carrying the Cal Poly San Luis Obispo team, football team, um, hours after a loss to Bowling State, Bowling Green State University, crashed on takeoff at the Toledo Express Airport in Toledo, Ohio. And 22 of the 48 people on board were killed, including 16 players. Wow. Yeah. Kind of horrible. Is that the one they made a movie about? No, you were thinking Marshall. Oh, okay. This happened to Marshall, too. Now, Beach, uh, you want to know some notable alumni from uh, Cal Poly San Luis Obispo? Yeah. Linda Azawa, who was the founder of Jamba Juice. Okay, okay. Gary Erickson, the founder of Cliff Bar. Okay. William Swanson, the CEO and founder of Raytheon. Wow, that's big time. And, and here's two names that you'll just know. John Madden, 
Okay. Of course, NFL Hall of Fame coach and Weird Al Yankovic. That's awesome. You you know, well, Weird Al, I think it was after he graduated uh, with uh, from there, he couldn't find a job anywhere. Nobody would hire him because they said you're overqualified for everything he was applying for. And he's like, I still got to eat. Yeah, exactly. And and he was a big fan of uh, – there was a, a, a DJ on Sunday nights who had a – uh, kind of a comedy radio show, Dr. Demento. You probably remember him. Mm-hmm. A lot of our listeners probably don't. He was syndicated out of LA too, and he was, he loved Dr. Demento. And Dr. Demento played all sorts of parodies and weird songs. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, so that's how he got started. He made a parody and kind of recorded it in his room and sent it off. The first one being um, Another One Rides the Bus. And if you listen to it, it's pretty much done, <laughs> recorded in his room, and he had his friend basically playing kind of percussion on the case of his accordion. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much what put out. So if you ever hear another one rides the bus, that's it. So, And now, who would have thought that, because that came out, what, like 1980, 81, somewhere in there? Who would Rob, have, who would have thought yeah. almost 40 years on he'd still be going? You know, it was Edith, it, you know, going back to the whole Michael Jackson thing, it was Edith that really brought him the, the big notoriety, I think. Um, and his Weird Al uh, in 3D album. Yep. And it's funny because every, I think every generation of kids falls in love with Weird Al. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, I think, it, again, it's that, it's that, you know, eight to eight to 11 year old sweet spot, you know? Yeah. And and he puts out an album about every what two or three years, which, and he makes fun of the most popular music or songs of the day, mm-hmm. and, uh, and people just enjoy it. Right. And, and and they're usually uh, 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 appropriate to what's going on, you know, like it's all about the pentiums and that kind of oh, stuff. Oh yeah, he's he's impressive with what he does. Yeah, very impressive. Yeah. Alrighty, Beach, let's uh, finish up this show. And do a little preview of our tailgater coming up on Saturday. So what are we having? I completely well, forgot we're going for Cowboy. First of all, kickoff is set for 1.15 p.m. So early kickoff. Okay. Almost like a good old-fashioned 1 o'clock start. Remember when the beefs sucked hardcore? There was no TV? And they always kicked off mm-hmm. at 1? Yep. Yeah. So uh, we'll be getting out there at our normal time. Um, setting up. We should be ready to go by about 7. And I think we need to start cooking food by about 8 o'clock. Sounds good to me. Um, now, you don't remember what we're doing? Actually, I just I just remember. I believe I know what we're doing. What are we doing? I think this is Philly Cheesesteak Day, isn't it? It is Philly Cheesesteak Day. We always do Philly Cheesesteaks twice, and this will be one of them. So this is going to be so, – so we're having breakfast Philly Cheesesteaks. Yes, because they'll be early, and we have them for breakfast. Uh-huh. That's so awesome. Now, should I get some bacon to have with the cheesesteaks? Well, I don't see why not. Because breakfast bacon is a breakfast meat. It is, and I, I'm a firm believer that bacon is just an augment meat that can go on anything. Yeah, pretty much. You know, okay. put on French fries, you put on burgers, you put on hot dogs, you put on Philly cheesesteaks. Okay. I mean, yeah. All right, we will get some bacon in, and of course, we'll have a variety of cheeses and all that kind of stuff. Um, the other thing we're gonna have to do, Beej, is do the deep fried stuff. What are we deep frying? Are we doing potatoes? That's what I'm asking. You want me to bring spuds? We need spuds. What else? Uh, I don't know. It's breakfast. 
I don't know, Billy. You tell me. I, I've never. I I don't go to Cash and Carry. You do. Well, don't. Well, what do you, uh, we've got Rangoons. Okay. What else do uh, you want? Oh shoot. What do you like? You know what we from? haven't had? Uh, pink tacos. You want some of those munchers? You like those munchers, right? The little the little tacos. No, the 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 potatoes with the cheese and the jalapenos in them. Yeah, the jalapeno ones. There, those are good. The stuffed Mexi fries. Oh, look! If they have those pink tacos, I don't know if they have those anymore, but I can get something mm. like it. Okay, yeah, those are always popular. Then. Okay. Ooh, taquitos. That's what it's. It'd be pink tacos or taquitos. Let's do taquitos. Because the, the sour cream goes well on those. Yeah. All right. Anything else? Okay. You want any jalapeno poppers? Um, we could use those. I, you know, it's a pretty short game though. I mean, if we start cooking around seven or eight, or you know, but we're gonna be shutting down by uh, noon. Yeah. Pretty small window, but yeah, that'll work. Okay. And shrimp. We and always shrimp. use shrimp. Okay. Yeah. Anything else you'd like? Uh, I'm pretty good. Okay. Now, because this is so short and it's Count Polly, San Luis Obispo, I don't know what to do for our themed item. So I think we're going to kind of punt the theme item, Beach. You know well, how well, let's look at it. We got, we, we got Weird Al. Uh-huh. Okay, so Weird Al graduated from there. Uh-huh. What, what is something that Weird Al sings about in, like, either Eat It or uh, Fat? He sings about Eat It. Yo, ding dong. Ding dong, yo. Some ding dongs. Or here's another one. There is a very famous pizza place in San Luis Obispo. Is it, is it Woodstock's? Correct. There is a Woodstock's pizza in Corvallis. So I say for the thing, for the. In, in, for in Corvallis, yes. So for the. In San Luis So for the. Uh, the the theme item. If you wanted your theme item, just go to Woodstock's afterwards. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. So so there's there's a Woodstock's at UC Davis. There's one at Cal Poly. Correct. One in Corvallis. Where else? Uh, one in Chico. Chico. What, uh, what what college? Chico State. Okay. Um, one in uh, San Diego. Okay. Let me see. Hold on. Chico, Davis, San Luis Obispo, San Diego. Is it near San Diego State? Uh, Santa Barbara, yeah, near San Diego State. And there's also one in Pacific City down there, which are right down there. Um, San, there's one in Santa Barbara, right by UC Santa Barbara. Okay. And they also have one out on the campus of Santa Cruz, UC Santa Cruz. Okay. Now – Though there is no relationship between those Woodstocks and the Corvallis Woodstocks anymore. Mm-hmm. They, they used to be, but there there isn't anymore. So, but there's still a Woodstocks down there. So. And 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 the pizza is the same for the most part. Yeah, ours is better. Very similar. They they've they've changed stuff up. Okay. All right. Anything else to add for that? Uh, for that uh, no. tailgater beach. No, I'm just excited for Philly Cheesesteak Day. It's It's been a long time coming. I agree. Well, I want to thank everyone for listening to show number 125 of Legal Participation. If you'd like to comment, send a suggestion, or ask a question, there are a few ways to get in touch with us. HeinrichTailgaterGmail.com, at HeinrichTailgater on Twitter, also HeinrichTailgater on Facebook. Remember, listen and subscribe on iTunes. Please leave a rating and review. Um, also, uh, Stitcher Radio app on your 
iPhone or Android device or your favorite podcatcher. Beach. Billy. I'm looking forward to this week. The Beavs better get a win. We need a win. I want to. I want to see it. I want to see an ass kick. I, I, I maybe not so much. I, well, I mean, I'm, an ass kick would be fine. I want to see a solid, solid Beaver game. I do too. Where, you know, where defense shows up, offense shows up, where we just connect. Yeah, I do so, too. Because right now I feel like we have some disconnect going on, and we just need to be running on all on all eight cylinders. I completely agree. So and right now it's like. Now, right now, it's like goddamn Prius, and you don't know what the hell's running. Yeah. So, so uh, until Saturday morning and breakfast cheesesteaks, here's a great big Go Bees. Comments and suggestions.